You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we're setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, entrepreneur, pageant queen, and U.S. Navy lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I'm so thrilled. This is so overdue having Eric Jacobson, the man who literally helped me build my plane as I flew it with Misunderstood Podcast, got us up in the air. Eric, welcome to the show. This is super meta, the podcaster kind of behind the scenes person helping you with the show on the podcast. Like, this is crazy. But no, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. That's so true. You are like usually always behind the scenes as a podcaster. (laughs) But you also have your own show. Like, I feel like you, what's the name of your show again? Brands That Podcast was our show. That's right. Brands That Podcast. I would have gotten that wrong. I do follow your show on iTunes. But you are just kind of always been like a podcast wizard, which has been amazing. However, when I met you, I didn't even know any of this. Like this only came into fruition whenever I started getting into podcasting myself. Our relationship dated back like three years, I think, before Misunderstood Podcast. I met you. How did when did I actually meet you for the first time? You met Sarah. So you met my wife first, I think, through her skincare spa yeah. here in Columbus when you were living here. And then mm-hmm. you were doing photography and you helped do our maternity pictures. I think that was the first time I ever met you Thursday was my oldest is now four and a half and you did the maternity pictures for those. And that was the first time I met you. Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. And yeah. So yeah, it's pretty crazy how time is like we're almost five years since then. Yeah. It's almost been five years. Yeah. Cause she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She didn't have her yet. And also like I met Sarah, Sarah's been on the show season one. I think she was like episode 40 or 41. Um, you guys have to go back and check out her episode, but she is like a business mogul as well. Um, and in her episode, she was talking about how she went from like zero to 4,000 clients, like insane. And I think it was a span of like two years, like just absolutely incredible. And then when I connected with you, I, you know, obviously we did the maternity shoot and I think we did another, you know, maybe like headshot session mm-hmm. 101. Yep. Um, and you were like, oh, like this is for my business. And I was like, what do you do? I'm like these entrepreneurs just building an <laughs> empire. It's crazy. So let's tell the audience a little bit of what you do now. I know that's even different from what you did when we first started working together and you have these two incredible companies that have just taken off. Um, So let's dive into that a little bit first and just give our our listeners some foundation. Yeah. So I've been obsessed with podcasting for about 10 years now, way before that term was like very popular and understood. So everybody in my circle, when I told them I was creating a podcast company, they thought I was literally insane. They were like, what is that? Like you quit your job to start a podcast company. I have no idea what that means. And so it's been cool to see the medium of podcasting, like actually get to where I always thought it would and the popularity of it and the rise of it. And so the mm-hmm. the companies that I created and, you know, it was like a journey kind of getting to a place to know what to start, how to start it, how to build it all of those sorts of things. But the companies I, I now have are a podcast PR agency called Lemon Pie. 
And this was the first company I created. And this is where we help CEOs and leaders get interviews on their audience's favorite podcasts as a guest. So it's like a, oh, it's wow. like a modern okay. PR strategy where instead of getting a write-up in a blog that most people don't read anymore, like where our mm-hmm. audience is actually consuming content and podcasts is one of them. So we help them get exposure mm-hmm. on those shows. Okay. The other company is the one that you and I have worked together with, which is called Hatch. And Hatch is a podcast production service for one flat monthly rate. We help do all the editing and we help with strategy to make sure companies are creating a show that is their audience's favorite show and one that sounds pro, all for, in my opinion, the the most affordable rate in the entire world for the value Mm -hmm. that's received. So yeah, we just have doubled down, tripled down on podcasting. I'm still as passionate about it as I ever have been, even though I've literally talked about it every single day for 10 years. Like (laughs) Sarah's so sick of it by this point, but yeah, but no, that's, so those are our two companies. But that's when you know you're in the right industry. Yeah. Like we all have to have Eric Jacobson's out in the world because without that passion, like this stuff would not sustain. It would not, you know, it like would have fallen off years ago. And also like good for you getting tapping into this before it was so relevant because I think COVID really spiked yeah. the industry. Like I can speak from experience probably a year or so, like when you and I started working together, just kind of like brainstorming. I mean, not even been a year, it may have been like six months before COVID. You know, I was featured on a lot of different podcasts and I didn't really listen to podcasts, but I kind of dabbled in it a little bit, but it was like still relatively new. And then COVID happened and you and I had already like established everything like right when COVID happened. So that made it 20 times easier. I, I cranked out like 50 episodes in 2020, like 50 just because it was the ease of being home. Yeah. I knew what I was doing. I had your assistance. Yep. And then like during that time, I remember like watching a lot of my peers, mm. especially on social media, content creators, like also mm. start launching podcasts. Yes. <laughs> and so I was like, this is now such a typical thing to do. Yeah. But I have to dig into your brain a little bit. Isn't there a stat that most podcasts only last to like the eighth episode or something. Yeah. So that number probably is a little bit changed now, but for a long period of time, the average longevity of an average podcast was eight episodes before they quit. That's crazy. And the reason, and you know this from firsthand experience, is that the idea of doing a podcast and then what that actually looks like in terms of being able to execute Mm -hmm. it on a consistent ongoing week after week basis, basically forever is Mm -hmm. not a small amount of work. And so it's really fun in the beginning. You get to figure it out, be creative, come up with the name, start recording a few episodes. And then you're like, by episode eight, you're like, well, okay, I have to do this every week forever. And and people, you know, get a little tired, especially if they don't know what the goal is of the show and how they're measuring success. The misalignment between what the goal is and then the ability to execute every week is the reason people stop. It's like the equation of happiness equals reality minus expectations. If your expectations are in the first 10 episodes of this podcast, your show is going to have 100,000 listeners and then you get to episode eight and you have 100 listeners, you might be frustrated. And that's why a lot of people, I think, quit. So I want to give you kudos specifically because you are 
prolific on all of your content, what you have done with your podcast, especially and and maintaining it and the consistency. And I knew you would, but it's been impressive. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think to circle back, well, first of all, what did you say? You said something, what was the equation you just gave us? Happiness? Happiness equals reality minus expectations. So if in your mind, you are wishing for things to be far better in the near future than they currently are. And then when that time comes, it does not realize that vision you had in your mind, you are setting yourself up to be disappointed. Yeah, that can be applied to literally everything, like especially any passions, any businesses that you're pursuing. And I will say actually almost all of what I do, except for the Navy, because the Navy pays me and I have to do my job every (laughs) single day. Um, But with the exception of the Navy, everything else I do, I do out of passion. And the expectation for me is that I enjoy it and that hopefully it inspires and it impacts it's not inspiring and it's not impactful. I have stopped doing it. But for the most part, like that's the driving force for me. And I think that that helps because like for my podcast, so I'm tell you a little story. I might have I might have already told you this before, but the day that I launched Misunderstood Podcast, like my expectation was, you know, hopefully this can build into a, like a really great platform, an extension of what I was already doing. You know, I was watching people book auditoriums Mm. full of people while they recorded podcasts. I was like, wow, that's so inspiring. Like imagine one day going on tour with my podcast and doing that. But I didn't have a tangible expectation. Mm. I want X amount of people to tune in or anything like that. But I was hoping like some people would and like people would care. Well, the day I launched my pilot episode, I literally like I launched it in the morning, I think posted about it. And then that evening, which I don't normally check my statistics, And I think you're probably going to hate me for saying this. I think in some ways that helps me because I don't get wrapped up around it. Like, especially when you're starting out, like even my Instagram insights or anything like that, like I don't religiously check them. I'm just like, oh, like that flopped. Or I'm like, oh, wow, I did really well. Like gauge like that way. But I checked my insights hoping like a hundred people tuned into my pilot episode. And I go online and it said, 11. <laughs> like 11 people had downloaded and listened to my pilot episode that had been out for like eight hours and nine hours or something. So I'm sitting on the couch and I think I started crying. <laughs> I like turned to Austin. I was like, nobody cares. Like, oh my gosh, this is such a flop. Like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Like, this is so terrifying. And Austin was like, Kelly, if one person listened to your podcast and like needed to hear your message, that's one more person that you impact. Yes. And like, isn't that the goal? Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. I was like, I like wiped my tears. And I was like, he just, he comes and he chimes in sometimes yeah. when I really need him. Yeah. Yeah. But that's exactly how I look at it. You know, to go back to like expectations is sometimes I'll release podcast episodes and I'm like, oh my gosh, like 900 downloads in three days. Like that's crazy. And then other times I'm like, oh, wow, only 80 downloads today, like after launching. And I'm like, that seems a little low. And then I think, wait a second, like imagine 80 people in a room that you're speaking to. That's monumental. So I think that's an amazing way to put it. That's I love that you said that. And it comes across like when someone is doing it from a genuine intent place, and let's just say creating content in general, like if they're doing it from a, a genuine intent, they're not looking for a conversion 
of you mm-hmm. into some program, some purchase, some what have you, then the actual success of the content usually is it achieved at a far greater rate yeah. because it comes across like when you're coming across as simply wanting to provide value in the form of education or inspiration, then you actually get the thing that you want in the future, which is maybe the conversion, but you're doing it in a way that's coming from a a genuine place of passion and helpfulness. But it can get scary when you go look at the analytics and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, is this like all worth it? Is this worth the time I'm spending on it? Do people like it? All of that kind of stuff. And There's a lot we could go into on how to analyze that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's a really important topic. On that note, like what would your advice be to people, you know, specifically podcasting, but we'll say in general, like any sort of business endeavor, what would you say to those who maybe keep showing up because they hear consistency, 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 but maybe it's been a month, maybe it's been two months, maybe it's been a year and they're not seeing an audience growing or they're not seeing that conversion like you're speaking to. Kind of what advice would you give to those? This is a big topic. What I would say is first and foremost, you have to understand what you're driving towards. And then is the place that you are creating the content accomplishing that in the way that you're measuring it? So what I mean by that is, I believe that a podcast, for example, is not a great place to build an audience, Hmm. but I think it is one of the best places to nurture an audience that has found you somewhere else. Ooh, coming from a podcast, man, that's heavy. Yes. So like an example being social media, I think is a wonderful place to have people find out that you exist for the very first time. Short form Mm -hmm. content, people sharing, you know, you having lots of at-bats with lots of micro content, you could do 10 posts a day, one of them takes off, you know, go viral, whatever the case may be, just lots of opportunity with volume and quality to get awareness, which is going to be a small amount of awareness, like people scrolling through their feed might stop on your post for 10 seconds, and then go on to the next one. So it's a short form awareness, but it's an easier place to become aware of someone Then with podcasting, that is a wonderful place to convert that short form awareness or that initial awareness into an actual relationship. You do a great job, for example, like on Instagram and TikTok and everything like that. And I think your followers like really have a sense that they know you even just from those platforms. But the argument could be made that the folks who have only ever consumed your content on social versus the folks who have consumed every episode of your podcast, the argument can be made that the podcast listener probably feels like they know you even more than the social followers. Yeah, And that's kind of the point that the long form content of a podcast or digital events, like an event that you produce, you know, or a long form weekly newsletter, things like that. So short form to long form, short form being awareness building, long form being relationship building. And then the last piece is, where is it all driving? Like, what is the thing you want the outcome of all the content to be created to do? And it could be simply building an audience. You know, a lot of people right now are flipping their mindset and saying, let's build audience first and then sell something, you know, find something to sell like along the way. Mm -hmm. That is a completely new form of business building and marketing than like really ever 
in history where people usually start with a product and then they try to figure out yeah. how to sell it. Yeah. But then the assessment of the analytics of all of these things, like you can't assess the goal of social media if it is your goal to build awareness on something like a conversion event. And then when the conversion event doesn't happen, you're upset because that wasn't what the platform yeah. was designed to actually do. And then if you think about it, like the very nature of an awareness heavy channel like social media, by default, it will have more followers and more people paying attention to you on those platforms just from a quantity standpoint than like mm -hmm. a long form piece of content channel like podcasting, just because the amount of people who are ever going to hit play on a 60 minute podcast episode versus scroll through a feed, it's just way smaller. But the value of those listeners can be argued to be way higher. So they're all doing different things. And so you don't want to look at it with a broad brush, you know, yeah. single point of ROI, you know, decision. You have to look at what is the purpose of the channel and what are the indicators that we are getting better in that channel for what its purpose is and assessing it that way, you know, just as a few things there. That, that makes so much sense. I mean, years and years ago, again, this was season one of my podcast. I had on a friend, Danielle, she owns her own marketing company, digital marketing company. And she said, just from like a basic marketing standpoint, like you can't just be on one platform. And I was like, oh no, like I'm only on Instagram. And she was like, no, 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 you have your podcast. And I was like, oh yeah. And now like, again, the relevancy, like I dragged myself to create a TikTok. Like I did not want to do that. I was the last thing I wanted to do, which people will laugh at that, but like it, it's already so much work to maintain oh, yeah. these things when you're totally. not doing it a full time. Like I cannot stress that enough. Like I don't do a full time. I literally do it whenever I can. Like I maximize and just prioritize like when I can because it matters to me. But I'm already seeing like TikTok is blowing up. My TikTok's blowing up with like a completely different audience yes. than my Instagram platform is. And then when I meet people out in the world who follow me, which is super cool, like the response I get from those who are like, oh, I've been following you on social media for a long time. And then those who are like, oh my God, I've listened to every episode of your podcast. <laughs> yes. Like they just have yes. so much to say. And I yes. like feel closer to them because we've like created that community together. Yes. And for most podcasters, like I'm sure you can, you can touch on this. Like I get really intimate on my podcast. It's like me and my friends, yes. like that's the way I approach yep. it. Whereas like Instagram, if I was to go live on Instagram or like create a reel, I don't get as like transparent because yes. it's almost like scary. Like once mm. you post it out for the world, you're like, oh, well, about a thousand people are going to see that in the first 10 minutes. And like yes. the trolls are waiting, but the trolls really aren't waiting on podcasts. Right. Every so often I get like a mean review, but like all in all, they're not commenting on my podcast Correct. and like trashing me for like the intimate things I just revealed. It's like a safe space. Correct. Yeah. And you get to build that connection. Like I've heard this from so many podcasters, exactly what you just said, which I love hearing, which is when you go out and you meet listeners in person, literally you feel like they feel like they're best friends with you right yeah. away and like th it's that cool. rapport is there you know in a way that yeah you know because you've been in their ears for 50 plus hours probably over the course of all the mm -hmm. episodes they've done you know which is like yeah you know it truly is the amount of time spent as like a friend would and so the cool thing here too is like thinking about 
it from this standpoint too. And one of the goals maybe even just being from a podcast standpoint is not necessarily thinking about it as a place where people will find out about you for the very first time, like we mentioned, but a place to Mm -hmm. develop that relationship. And then secondly, it is a home-based channel that you own, just like email. So you own, if you have an email list, you quote unquote Mm -hmm. own that relationship. So Instagram, literally just today, I have no idea why, told me I'm not allowed in my Instagram account for 30 days. Oh, that's, did you hear about what happened? No. There's like some sort of Instagram glitch. Okay. That's happened over the last 24 hours. (laughs) Only reason why I know that is because I lost like a thousand followers overnight. And so I was looking at my insights and they wouldn't load. I was like, what the heck's going on here? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe people just really don't like me. And then someone like one of the Instagram experts, they like posted today and they said that like, apparently you can't get into your account. Some have got notifications disabled and then some have lost followers. Wow. Um, and there's like a huge glitch that's happening. So just to make you feel yeah. better, like it's not just okay, you, it's okay. like hundreds of other people. <laughs> but still, that's kind of like, that's kind of scary. Like if you're overexposed on a platform that you don't own, for example. So yeah. the feed, the podcast feed you have is one that is not powered by an algorithm or by one entity that can control Mm -hmm. what happens to your feed and to your relationship. And then the last thing with it is it can be thought of even mostly one of the primary benefits as a source of a content machine for you Mm -hmm. to where like your podcast can turn into powering every other channel you have, whether that's, you know, articles for your blog, social media clips with video clips and things like that, text posts, inspiration, like it essentially can be a Trojan horse to then be able to create content on every other platform versus opening up Instagram and having to create posts from scratch all the time. You now can leverage the podcast content and repurpose it and get like so much bang for the buck or so much juice out of it across, you know, all the channels. I think that we're probably inspiring quite a few people to start their (laughs) podcast And then one of the best pieces of advice I got whenever I was first thinking of the idea and like I was super intimidated. I didn't know anything about podcasting. And I spoke with a mentor and she was like, every day that you don't Mm. produce an episode is like a day that someone who needs to hear what you have to say is losing out every single day. And so she's like, just my biggest advice is like, start, like start recording. And that's why I use the term like build the plane as I fly it because I... I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea how to be concise. I had no idea like what listeners wanted to hear. I just had no idea. I didn't know how to produce and edit. And then that's why I tapped in you (laughs) because I was like, hey, Eric, I need your help. So what would your advice be? We'll say, this is kind of like a two-part question. We'll say specific to podcasting. Like what would your advice be to those who just like genuinely want to get started um, and then follow that with like, in addition, you have, you know, all these incredible companies. Like, what would you say to those who just want to start like an entrepreneurial mm. pursuit? I don't know how. Yeah. So on the, on the podcast front, I think if you think about it, just like you did and the goal being to release, pick a number because the way you get a number of episodes, the way you are going to get good and find your voice and figure out what works is by volume. That's it. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, the debate is always quality or quantity. And the answer is both. But the only way to get to quality is through quantity, in my opinion, especially when you're starting. So my recommendation is say, 
I will have a successful podcast if I do nothing else than just release 50 episodes over the next 50 weeks. And by the time you get there, after you've done 50 episodes, I can guarantee you're going to be 10 times better than when you were. And you can reassess what the goal should be from there. Yeah. So I would just give you because people can make it can seem scary to be like, oh, I have to get it perfect. I have to make sure the cover art's good. I have to make sure there's not any mistakes in the episodes. And really, the if you just take a step back and just think the goal is to just release the episodes. And to your point, yeah. you have something helpful you can share and just getting it out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. And you will get better as time goes on. Yeah. And then honestly, my my opinion on um starting a company, I mean, yeah, this is a this is a this is a big, big question. And I would say the way I did it, which I don't necessarily recommend, is I quit my job before I had anything going. Wow. So leap of faith. Yeah, I don't really recommend that, but I knew for a fact that I was unwilling to not be successful. And What I did have in place is I put myself in a position to not have some expenses because we bought a rental property and we lived in one unit. We didn't have a housing expense and and I took out all my retirement money and I had a little bit of runway. So and then I had to figure it out. And I don't always recommend that. I think it actually is quite risky. But if you know that the path is for you and I could feel it like in my bones, like I couldn't breathe, mm-hmm. you know, like I felt like to your point every day I wasn't doing it was one day was adding on two more days. Like it was like one day of not doing it added two more days to get me yeah. closer to it. So I quit. I went all in. It took me two years to actually like start making money like in a, in a real way to like replace my income. Yeah. But that was the best path for me was to yeah. just burn the boats metaphor. And typically, you know, especially now, I think there's more options to create side income to kind of transition your way from like your full-time job into like a more easier path. But back then it was a little tougher. And, uh, but I mean, it, it set me on the path that I'm on, so I wouldn't trade it. Did you already have like an audience or a network or a mentor or anything like that? Or were you just literally starting from ground zero? I had nothing and nobody. And oh my God, Eric, that's so stressful. (laughs) What I had was four years of studying. All I did for four years before I quit my job, I I worked that job for four years out of college. And I studied and my studying was listening to about 2000 podcasts. And wow, that's what gave me the education. At least I needed like I had mentors. They didn't know they were my mentors, though. Mm-hmm. And that gave me the confidence to know after listening to literally a thousand entrepreneurs tell their stories. It gave me the confidence to know that like, yeah, they're smart, but I don't believe they're like 10 times smarter than me. And I felt like I could figure it out. I wanted to create a business my whole life. I went to business school. I learned nothing about how to start a business in business school. And so what's cool now is like this concept of you can open up Instagram, you can open up Twitter, you can open up YouTube, you can open up podcasts, and you can hear about how to do the things that you want to do more than ever in human history. So what I would recommend to people is To not think that the hurdle is so large that you never get started. I love that. Yeah, the hardest part about like 
setting the direction and starting to execute on it is actually taking the first step. Like people will not do what they want to do because they're scared of the unknown or they're scared of the amount of work involved. Yeah. When really, if they just took 20 hours and consumed everything they possibly could about the how to do what they wanted to do on YouTube, podcasts, Instagram, Twitter, just 20 dedicated hours, they would be 80% of the way to like having an idea of what they could do, but they don't start. They literally don't take the first hour, you know, whatever the case. And so that would be my recommendation is like, it truly is that first step is like the hardest part. I think like that's so applicable to literally everything because like I think back to when I started my photography business, um, which the, you know, OG listeners, OG connects back in the day. Like, remember I had that. But I just started shooting and then I had a mentor and then eventually he was like, okay, Kelly, I need to like build a website. (laughs) And I was like, huh? And he's like, you're doing all these, you know, portrait sessions, weddings like that, just like build a website. But like, it was trial by error, you know? And then eventually like after getting treated badly or loving an experience, like I learned how to craft packages and like how to market myself and, you know, all of that. And then I also followed people I aspired to be like other photographers who were doing it well. And it's the same thing. Like I have so many people who reach out. Oh, I want to be an influencer. Like, how do I become an influencer? And I'm like, I didn't even know I was becoming an influencer. Like I didn't even know that term. I don't think that was like a term back in 2015 or 2016 when I first started. Like I just started, I took my account off private one day and I started sharing my story, you know, and I would get 30 likes cool. Like I wasn't like, Oh, this is going to be my life's goal. Like I just kind of like wanted to see what happened. And like you said, the inspire, the impact was there. And I was like, Oh, like this seems to be received positively. Like I'm going to keep trying. But again, like I follow and I talk to a lot of influencers now and that helps. It's like research. Like you said, it's like constant research. Hey, what's working for you? Hey, like, what have you noticed? Yes. How do you do that real? Like, how do you do trending sounds? Like I have had 20 year olds teach yeah. me because they're the market that understands yes. it the best, you know? And it's wild because I will teach people in marketing how to do social media. Right. I have never taken a class. <laughs> like, actually, that's a lie. I'm in my MBA now and I'm taking a marketing class, but I've never taken a social media class a day in my life. Yes. And it's just all been research, but you have to start. Like it all started with one podcast or one post or, you know what I mean? Like building a website, like all those like tiny little basics, they seem scary, but you just have to do it. And it's what we were talking about a little bit earlier too. Like as long as you are willing to take that first step and just think that the first step to getting to momentum is actually way shorter than you think. Getting to momentum is a shorter amount of time than you think. Getting to success is a longer amount of time than you think. And what I mean by that is it's not supposed to be quick. So you mentioned like your first post getting 30 likes. I think there's a lot of expectation because it's so easy to see all these other people doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. that you are supposed to be immediately out of the gate successful. And what I have learned, at least on my journey, is like, multiply it by like two or three, you know, whatever you have as your goal in terms of like X by X date, which I don't even think is a good goal, to be honest with you. But if you do multiply it by two or three, and just remember that volume is the goal. So apply that thing of volume. So if your business 
is getting customers a certain way. The goal isn't to be at X amount of revenue. It is to do the thing that gets you customers X amount of times, like volume. And same with social. The goal is not to get 100 likes. It is to have X amount of posts every week, you know? And so I just think aligning those expectations because it is so easy now, especially to look at entrepreneurs or look at influencers or look at whatever and be like, man, they are so far ahead of me. They did it so fast. If I don't, you know, have a million followers in a year, I'm not successful. Or if I don't have a million dollar Mm -hmm. business in a year, I'm not successful. And I feel like that's such a dangerous mindset and it's not real. Yeah, It's really not real. So just remembering that as you're going through, I have to remind myself that I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm in my mid thirties and there's like early 20 year olds, you know, starting their business on YouTube, claiming they got eight figure business, whatever. And I'm not there. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? Do I suck? You know, are they, are they just awesome? Or like, what's going on? And you just have to remind yourself that like those outliers are not normal and just keep doing you. Yeah. And I also like, I'll follow that with, for you, like you are doing the damn thing. (laughs) Like you have two companies, they're super successful. You really like built this industry before it was even prominent. You know, like that's something that I think we fail to reflect on is sometimes we get so caught up. We're like, oh, but they're here and they're here and I should be here. And it's like, oh, wait, like I still made this dream become a reality. Yes. Like just the bottom line, like I'm, I'm doing it like every single day. And I had to remember that lesson this past summer. I did super scary. I designed my own bikini collection. I knew nothing. I I still don't know anything. (laughs) Like I don't know anything about that industry at all, but it was more of just, you know, I was interested. I wanted to try it. It aligned with my platform. I'm like, let's give it a go. And so, you know, when I talked to people that are in that world, they were like, oh, like, how much income did you want to make? How much this? How many, you know, big switches you wanted to sell? Like spitting all this, all these numbers at me, right? And I was truly like, oh, like I'm not, first of all, like I'm not making money from it. And they were like, what do you mean? Like, I can't believe it. I know I'm kind of an exception in the business world because a lot of it I can't do because I'm in the, in the Navy. But the other part of it was like, I honestly was just doing it to prove that I could. Right. You know, and then sometimes like the woman I collaborated with, she would like spit some numbers. She'd be like, hey, like this is where we're at for sales. I'm like, oh, like, is that normal? Um, Should it be higher? Like, oh, you know, I I wanted to sell X amount. And then I realized myself getting discouraged for 30 seconds. Like, oh man, like I really wanted to, to show her I could really do this with her and do more. And then I was quickly like, wait, I, I did that. Like (laughs) it was super, super scary and I've never done it before. And I did that, you know, and like you fail to remember that because you're so busy looking at yes. the statistics or the sales or the revenue and or that goal. Like if I said I wanted to sell 5,000 suits and I only sold 1,200, then I think I failed, but I didn't. Like I learned something along the way that's going to contribute to more success. Yes. And it's proving, I think the best way to become the person you want to be is to not get too in the habit of consuming content about the person you want to be and instead starting to take action to prove to yourself you are that person and learning along the way. So like I hit a point where, yes, listening to 2000 podcasts fundamentally changed my life and and proved to me what is possible in life and in business. And that's what gave me the confidence to do it. But I got to a point where I either had to stop listening to content or I had to quit my job If I was going to stay in my job, I had to stop listening to content altogether related to anything like that 
because I wasn't doing anything with it. And it was more of just a distraction or listen to it, but start applying it. One of the biggest problems I I also see is people reading, watching, listening, but not applying. And I think one of the best ways to, I actually think the best way to learn is by application of the lessons that you are learning and doing it as quick as possible. And I think you're you're doing that. Your example of this, the swimsuit line, like is a perfect example, mm-hmm. like just in time learning, like that concept of learning right as you need to know, and then be able to apply the thing is yeah. actually the definition of intelligence. I think like you can have a lot of knowledge if you listen to stuff and whatever, and you can like rattle yeah. off all the stuff that everybody says, and that's knowledge. Intelligence is actually having a change in your behavior based on your knowledge. Mm. And that's what you're doing. And that's what I, I realized I'm just like doing, you know, information or content. I don't even know what the word is, but basically just getting too accustomed to listening, reading, watching and not doing. And so I had to break that. Yeah. Just like consuming it. So there's one topic I do want to touch on before we get ready to wrap up. And obviously you're a business mogul. There's I'm gonna add all your links at the, you know, the bottom of the episode so people can reach out to you. You're an incredible mentor. But something I think that I think listeners would wanna know about is balance and balance with family. You do have, first of all, your wife's amazing. And I know she's so supportive, just like you're so supportive of her, like her business. I've talked in depth with Sarah about that. Like you guys are lucky to have each other. I'd say foundationally, just like me, like in my relationship, like having that support system is huge, but you also have children. I don't, Mm. I don't have kids yet. And a lot of people, sometimes I'll give advice, but that's followed with like, but you don't have kids. And I'm like, I mean, you have a point. Like I don't have kids. It's easy for me to say prioritization and time management, but so many of my audience like have children now. So first of all, like how do you balance having like being a dad and being an entrepreneur? How do you craft your schedule? What are boundaries you make both in like your business and your personal life? Like what advice would you give? Yeah, this one is tough. There's trade-offs in every direction. And so you have to choose what is the most important thing. You literally have to choose it and put it in order. You've got, you know, those buckets of friends, family, kids, hobbies, work, you know, maybe like one other thing. And you have to literally put them in order. I have chosen to put family first. And then you actually have to back up your words and your list with the actions. And so what Mm -hmm. that means for me is I have determined that I am okay with my business potentially growing slower or ultimately being smaller than it could be if I didn't have had put my family number one. And just because family is number two, it doesn't mean like, let's say somebody has, you know, I'm going to spend more time or make trade-offs that are more preferential for my business in more occasions than my family. I don't think you're a bad person if you do that, Um, If as long as you're a good mother, good father, good husband, good wife. But for me, I just knew what I wanted. I wanted to design a life that meshed with my business, not was at odds with it. But you have to be okay. You can't say, I want to build a billion dollar business and then say, but I'm not willing to not go pick up my kids from daycare every single day and be on dad and family time from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Yeah. Because the actions you need to create a billion dollar business 
most likely are not going to be driven by that mindset. Yeah. So yeah, I structure, I have hard rules that I follow like every day, every week, which is like, I want to be there in the mornings and I want to be there at a set time every day, usually around between four and five. So when we go get the kids from daycare, then we have family time and everything in between that is a sprint. The beautiful thing about it is it does help you hone in on your focus on the things that are most important because you literally do not have time. Like I used to be able to just be like, oh, I'll just push that off to like, you know, just work late or work on the weekend or whatever. And like you literally have a, a ticking time clock. Yeah. And I think it really helps hone the idea of like productivity is not about how many things you can get done or how fast you can get them done. It is about choosing the thing that you are working on and making sure that thing is the correct thing to be working on. And so I'm ruthless about that. I love that. And those are tough. It's like literally these six things need to get done, but it's not the most important things. I'm literally not going to look at them and it's going to be a problem. And somebody's going to be thinking I'm like slow or behind or whatever, but I know it's not the most important thing. And so I have to be like even more ruthless about that. But yeah, I mean kids and family is the priority for me. I love that. I think it is possible. I I don't take it lightly that we live in a time now where it is possible, I think, to do both. Like, I think generations before us didn't have the luxury that we do where like I can actually work from home and have a great business and also like be able to be around with my kids all the time and stuff. There's so much gratefulness, I think, with like, there's a lot of like negativity in the world, it seems like with just mainstream media and stuff. But like, I have a lot of gratefulness for the time that that I am living in, that we are living in. And we can do we can do both like with family and with work. I mean, that's one thing, you know, and I'll kind of end on this. I could talk to you for a really long time. I literally have a whole spreadsheet full of questions (laughs) that we didn't even get to, which is such a bummer. We're going to have to do a part two. But that's one thing I've realized, you know, my platform hashtag do both. It at first was Literally, it was you can be in the military and you can be on stage in a ball gown and heels, like when I was doing the Miss USA system. And then it transferred to like you can be in the military and then you can be in a swimsuit because there was a lot of controversy over me being on stage in a swimsuit and then me doing a Sports Illustrated search. And then that changed to a lot of people were blown away by my ability to balance my personal life with Austin. And they were like, wait, what? Like you have friends and you have a fiance and like you are a normal person. So then it turned into that. And then I realized like I had people reaching out to me saying like, I'm not even in the military, but I do both because I'm a mom and I'm an entrepreneur. And I was like, wow, this is like really applicable to everything. Like, how do you choose to do both? And like, that's a perfect example of it's relatable nowadays because some people think like just business owner, dad on the side, or they're like, oh, just dad. Maybe I can dabble in a couple other things, but you're clearly like balancing it well. And I think that prioritization is key first and foremost. And it also brings you like a sense of peace. Like sometimes I get overwhelmed, Mm. but the number one priority in my life is Austin. And so I'm like, if we're good, like if we're great and he knows I'm prioritizing him and I'm seeing him and I'm I'm putting the effort first. Oh, well, I didn't produce a reel this week. (laughs) Like too bad, you know, but like, if that's first, yes, I feel awesome about it, you know? And then same thing, secondly, is like my actual career that pays my bills. And I think, you know, finally with the podcast, you, given an extra like five hours in my day, I would love to be producing podcasts every single week, working, you know, in depth with you. I love that we've worked kind of side by side as you've built these incredible companies like Lemon Pie and Hatch, because 
I think I remember when I first started Misunderstood, I was like testing out Hatch with you. Yeah. I think so. I'm pretty sure you were the very first person to ever be a Hatch customer, effectively. Like, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Like, oh my gosh. But it was, you're like, it was so, so helpful. And you have made, you and your team truly have made me able to balance this. Like if I had to edit on my own, no shot, (laughs) I'd be even releasing two episodes a month to literally no shot. And during like, you know, when I was really pumping out an episode a week and in the Navy and influencing and planning a wedding too, like you guys really just took it off my plate and you're like, here, here it is. Like, here's the episode. Um, you just made that process so seamless. So I really owe a lot to you and you know, the team at Hatch, it's been incredible. Thank you. It's not easy to be the very first person inside of a new system and you treated us with grace and you were so helpful. And like our mission is to help power the people who are out there with the things that can inspire, educate, inform, feel connected to others and your platform with what you're doing is doing that. And so the fact that we get to help you, we are achieving our mission. And thanks, Eric. Yeah, I, I think what you're doing is incredible and we're here and happy to help support. Thank you. Thank you. I love passionate people helping other passionate people. It's like a secret society. <laughs> yeah. Like there's not that many of us out there. And when you meet them, like I like you and Sarah were at my wedding. <laughs> like I've always adored Sarah from the day I met her because she was like that too. Like yeah. she was like, you know, starting out her business. I had photography. I started influencing. I was like micro influencing at the time. But it was just like passionate people helping passionate yes. people. And you have that commonality. You always do. So God, I'm so sad. I had this has been my longest episode, I think, this year. By the way, <laughs> I think in 2022. That is my fault. I usually am long winded. So no, I, apologize. I am too. I'm usually like pretty succinct, but I like everything you were saying. Like I was writing down. Like it's just really good nuggets for anyone in business and in life who is scared to get started, doesn't know how to get started. You're an incredible mentor for that. So thank you. Thank you so much. Again, I know how busy you are, you know, taking out time in your day. So thank you so much. No, thank you, Kelly. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, well, everyone listening, this is Eric Jacobson on the podcast. I'm going to include all of your information in the show notes so they can reach out to you. Obviously, he is the best of the best for all things podcast, but also just an incredible mentor in life. So I think we really dove into, you know, what is most misunderstood about just even like this industry, the podcasting industry, how to utilize it, how to leverage it and how to grow it. So thanks so much, Eric. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys and I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you love, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you are looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall. Kelly Hall.